Welcome to Anime Cherry Bomb, the internet's number one existential podcast. I'm your host, the false god, Aaron, and with me, making his Cherry Bomb debut, the American hero, Domo. Domo, how's it going? Not too bad, man. I'm excited to pop my cherry. How there you doing? You. No, I'm doing pretty good. I've been uh, pretty excited to uh, do this one, uh, to do uh, a podcast with you for a little bit now, ever since, you know... I needed uh I needed uh people to fill in and you were on the top of my list to come in you know talk about some crazy existential anime. So it was, it was between this and uh Evangelion and I think I think we hit we both hit uh one that cuz we both never seen this so It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a good, I I think you made the right call on this. I mean, it hasn't been talked about Evangelion and so especially when it comes to something like Lane that draws so much comparison like i think i think it's a perfect choice neither of us have seen it we're fresh into it and so i think i think it was a very good choice and i'm happy i could fill in yeah so you already mentioned before we're uh we're tackling the cyberpunk classic serial experiments lane uh do you have a synopsis ready i i don't like you you had a good one we were chatting about earlier like i like yours because i feel like it's so hard to actually summarize this, yeah. this anime. It's... So any synopsis you give is almost already diving into conversation. And so you can either have a synopsis that has to do with the plot and very low synopsis, or you can have a synopsis that deals with like the themes they're going to go with. But you can't really do both in a traditional sense. Yeah. So like basically the, the out, I guess the outward or the surface level uh, synopsis of it would be, you know, after her friend, uh, after her classmate kills herself, would you say she's their friends? They're probably friends, right? They walk oh. one time. Oh, is that all it takes to be friends? You yeah, just walk one pretty time? Much. Fucking they ride or die. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. so after uh, one of her classmates tragically kills herself, uh, Lane, I forget her last name, but Lane goes and uh, starts to come out, come out of her uh, socially awkward shell, but in doing so, uh, starts a chain of events that will change her life forever. Which is sen- a- essentially, I think, what it is. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And a very and like the funny thing is, all that happens in two episodes, and then the rest is the whole like life changing part. I know. I can't. I can't wait to talk about the general stuff because it's like we don't even see her like enter uh, the Wired like until episode like six. I think it is. It's so weird. And like at the whole, the first two episodes, it's just like the ghost of her classmate pushing her to go to the wired. And then, right. What is it? Like through two other two or three more episodes of like, yeah, she's been into the wired, but we don't see her go in. I will say that the show respects the audience in a very adult way. It like doesn't hold your hand whatsoever. It doesn't, explain a lot until the very very end where the exposition is more as like catch up but in the beginning it's like hey this is stuff that's already happens and you're going to figure everything out by either passive conversations instead of narration there's no narrator in the show whatsoever and so you're either going to figure things out through context passive conversation maybe a little bit of visual but at no point are they like hey this is exactly what's happening right now I would I would actually feel like watching this week to week would have been really strong because you can like sit down 
and have conversations of like what happened in this episode and they're just getting i know me personally i didn't really get uh i didn't really get a lot of it until i read something about it and then i was like okay if i make this connection with it then now it starts all making a little bit more sense i i agree with that because i mean for me i think i I prefer watching this kind of stuff like uh just it, luckily it's 13 episodes so it's not that long but yeah, too long I, I prefer watching it just straight front to back because i feel like if i have a week in between i'm gonna forget like these little minute details that end up being important whether it's like a word or just like a conversation or something like i feel like if i wait a week to week i'm gonna forget something from like the first week that matters in the sixth week or something like that but i can definitely see how watching it like that gives you the opportunity to digest which you do need for this show it gives you the opportunity to to think about what happened in this specific episode so i guess there's benefits to both all right so let me hit you with some facts so Mm. so uh this anime was originally aired in 1998 how old were you in 1998 uh domo well i was uh, four public school or let's say if public school hasn't failed me yeah <laughs> like it just failed me right now i was like Ugh. exactly uh, i was five yeah it was in july july of 1998 yeah so i just so, turned five same uh 13 episodes and it's a cyberpunk uh, psychological uh it was written by uh chiaki konoka and he also wrote uh technolize which we talked about uh briefly before the podcast which is another weird weird anime uh air gear which is a not weird anime at all it's like a weird <laughs> like i didn't know you wrote air of all things oh, air gear hold on it gets it gets better futari oh. ichi which we talked about a little bit before um how to how to sex is i like how i like to call it and then the one that makes no sense but until you actually think about it, it makes a lot of sense he wrote the whole series for digimon tamers oh shit so if you think about the last arc uh, with Jerry and the D-Reaper, think how crazy it gets and how, like, existential crisis Jerry has. And, like, that series has the most, like, yeah, the one character, Jerry, gets super depressed because her fucking Digimon gets fucking killed and fucking gets the data erased. Bro, that just, that just like blew my mind right there i'm not gonna fucking lie yeah it's like one of the darker the one of the darkest it's the darkest season of of digimon well because like you look at like one and two and those are obviously very three and three kind of like sets itself apart from the norm and then you get four and you're not you're not really sure how to feel about frontier yeah until like because frontier goes from like draws you in with like the typical one and two formula but then it does not fucking follow through like one and two yeah like you said it goes in with the that finale arc like yeah with tamers yeah yeah then they say they say frontier or say tamers it's tamers you said frontier is no, it tamers? It's tamers it's tamers okay okay then that makes more sense then. yeah, yeah. So because that. that is that is the one that like deviates the most exactly from, from the formula like yeah, it's super fucking dark yeah at the end it doesn't even feel like the same show yeah all right, so uh, it was animated by uh, Triangle Staff, which they're now shuttered. They closed in 02. Uh, they did another anime classic, or some anime classics, actually. They did it, uh, Macros, uh, Macros, Pl- or Macros, Macros Plus, and Sakura Wars. And then they helped with Boogie Pop Phantom, 
Nice. Uh, I, I will say, like, I think it's fun growing up in, like, the era we did because, like, we watched these amazing shows like Evangelion. I watched them when I was a kid, and I just thought Mech Battle, which was, like, you know, the superficial level of it, and it was great. But watching it, like, as a – well, I like to say fully functioning adult, but there's some yeah. who disagree. Exactly. And But watching it as, like, an adult and – actually being able to understand what it was trying to tell you is crazy because like you get to have both those perspectives yeah oh, all right so uh it was directed by uh, ryutaru nakamura and then uh he was the main director for sakura wars uh he was a key animator for uh love hina and he storyboarded and directed episodes of ghost in the shell fuck yeah all right uh it's licensed by funimation uh, the original dub was by Genion, and I actually really enjoyed uh, this dub. There's not a lot of like heavy hitters in it, but uh, everyone I think everyone does their job pretty well. Like especially for a dub back in like the, in 90s, the early yeah. the early aughts, uh, yeah. is really good. And I wonder I, I wonder if uh, have you ever watched the the Haruhi dub? Yeah. So uh, Lane's voice actress is. Uh, Asakura from uh, Haruhi, the guy who tries to stab Kion, the other alien. Oh, okay, yeah. And I wonder if that was, like, purposefully done. Oh, that's interesting. Like, because they're almost... I don't want to say her and Lane are, like, the same character. No, yeah, they are the same character. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Except for, like, Yuki is just the stronger of the two of them. But, like, they can both, like, rewrite reality and, like, do all this crazy shit. Oh, so this is actually pretty cool. So it was it premiered the same season as the original uh, Super Milk Chan, Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, Initial D, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Card Capture Sakura. Jesus, that was that was a pretty uh, dope year for anime. I feel. I was I was gonna say the the '90s of anime. Like for one, it definitely has that feel. Lane, like. You look, you look at the picture and it doesn't look anything like what you'd expect, like just that that typical picture of her, like with the in front of the fence or whatever. But like you start watching it and Lane is very much a '90s anime, and that that's a great year for fucking anime. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, '98. Yeah, '98. Like Bebop, Trigun, just Bebop and Trigun being in the same season, like blew that's my all mind you gotta too. say. Yeah, that's all you gotta say. But. Yeah, and then it was like the the start of Initial D and the start of Yu Gi Oh. Uh, and then crazy. I think it's like one of the this is one of the first animes that uh, when I looked up, uh, One Piece had yet to like begun like begin the anime. Damn. Yeah. I forget. I forget how old that shit is. Yeah, it started in ninety nine. I forget what year ninety nine or what Jeez. season in ninety nine, but it was in ninety nine. It's fucking ridiculous. All right, and then uh, the music done was done by uh, Riechi Nakedo. Uh, the, the only music anime music credit he has is uh, Lane. And uh, how do you how, how did you feel about the music? So I think it's like this is actually a really important topic when it comes to Lane because there's not a lot of background music. Like it very much lets you. It's kind of like when you remove uh, sitcom audiences for laughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. It it removes most of the music or all like subtle music and background music from the show kind of lets you feel what you feel, whether it's that somber eeriness or even just like if you feel a little bit happier during like the couple of lighter times, it's 
because of what's happening, there's nothing edging you towards that. There's nothing flowing you there. It's it's mostly silent. As for like the first couple, like the intro and the outro songs, like I think they're very well done and very purposeful. Um, the fact that it's a English song in the intro, I thought that was interesting. I, I did not expect it, but I think it flows really well. I mean, the lyric is the the song itself is what called uh, being Dubai. alone or something. It's like duvet, duvet, yeah, yeah, duvet by uh, Boa, which I actually got really confused because there's a Japanese singer named uh, Boa or B O A, and it like super confused me. But no, this is like different. Uh, Boa, they uh like a they're like a British rock band. Hancock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, the ending is like I think it's pronounced Tuwe Akane. And that's by uh, Riechi Nikato. So it was like an original uh, composition. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the music, I, like you said, it the lack of music makes it kind of more straightforward. Where it's like, this is what we're showing you. We're not trying to influence your emotions with like sound. So like, what do you think this is? I feel like it doesn't with all the things that are happening on the screen and that you have to take in, I think that the removal of music makes it a little bit easier to try to break down. I agree. Cause I mean, you ever, <laughs> you ever be like looking for uh, that while you're driving and you have to like turn down the music and like, if you superficially it seems stupid, you're like, yeah, I need to turn down the music so I can see better. But like realistically from like, uh, cerebral point your mind needs to concentrate on one specific point rather than try to like do multiple things at once when you're trying to intake music and look at a stop sign or street sign sometimes it can fuck you up yeah and so yeah i always feel stupid i always feel like i'm high when it happens like what street is this let me turn on the music like but <laughs> yeah I the reality feel, I feel, yeah yeah and I, and I feel like it helps with this too is like there's no music, and so you you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. You're not bobbing your head or anything. You're just like, what is going on? Because you're going to need that much focus. You really are. You're going to need that much focus to understand what's going on. I think one of my, my favorite moments with music uh, is when Lane has that guy up into a room, and uh, she's, like, blasting the, like, the techno music. Yeah. And then there's, like, a really cool shot from, like, downstairs where the family's just, like, well, she's about to learn. Like, basically, she's about to learn about what she is, or start like the dawn, the beginning dominoes are about to fall about who what she really is. Fucking teenagers. Yeah, exactly. And then just like the really <laughs> cool, like the ba- you can hear like the bass and like it going through the wall essentially. Yeah, that shit was dope. Um, and then uh, the uh, multimedia of this. There's a PS one. Uh, visual novel but not really like that's the best way to describe it uh it's literally like uh almost like a a text like a text document that like as you read it like more stuff comes out to read more of it so it's it's super it's like a super weird uh game like it's not even really even a game if you think about it all right but how does it hold up to other text-based games like oregon trail not good not good because at least there's gameplay in oregon trail is there though i mean yeah you you gotta you gotta choose 
Do you want to do you want to cross the river or you want to go try to find a a bridge or whatever? Wait, wait, wait! You don't gotta choose in lane. It just just tells you exactly. Okay, <laughs> sounds like sounds like communist propaganda. But this is probably gonna take the the bulk of it. Is there any general thoughts you want to share about lane before we go into the topics? General thoughts. I mean, I will say like it is one of those shows like Evangelion where it's like. Uh, a lot of people judge your fucking anime cred on it. And, like, whether that's in an adverse way or a positive light, like, it, it entirely depends on the person. Because some people will be like, oh, pretentious-ass motherfucker. Sometimes I just want to watch, you know, entertainment or whatever. Like, I don't want to watch that shit. And other people are like, oh, you don't you don't know about Lane? Well, then you're not a real fucking fan of this fucking media. And so I will say there, there seems to be strong feelings either way about this. But if... If possible, like, spoiler-free, watch this before anything, before listening to anything, reading about anything. I think spoiler-free is the best way to go into this nice and fresh. Yeah, try try to go in as almost as blind as possible because even when um, – this is, like, one of the first Blu-rays I ever bought uh, when I started making money. And uh, I saw, like, a, the trailer on uh, Funimation uh, they had posted – and I went back and looked at the uh, trailer, and I was like, "This is false advertisement." There is n- like, what the show? What the trailer show? It, it it's weird. Like it does show like it's re- weird psychological anime, but then like, like you said, you've seen it now, and it's way more weird than that, actually. Right. Like uh, I uh, I was trying to sell this anime to one of my coworkers today, and I was like, the first thing I mentioned, I was like, "Hey." You like uh, pretentious art pieces, right? Like pretentious art <laughs> movies. And this—that's like the best way I can actually describe this anime. It's like a pretentious art, like a pretentious art film. It's it, it's true. It, it really is. And like, I don't know. The, the way I found out about this is like, uh, what did I watch? It was Ergo Proxy. There you go. And so another I watched... another weird one. Right, and then. Uh, it was like at the recommendation or whatever. It's like people who watch this also like Lane. Like I saw the picture and it's that one I was telling you about. There's like a moon in the background and like you don't you don't realize how actually important like there's like wires of uh, telephone poles or whatever yeah. above her and then there's like a fence and then there's her and like no shit. I was like this looks like a snuff film. I was like this yeah this looks like some real fucked up shit's about to happen like some Black Lagoon snuff film shit. But I don't know. It was uh. It, it, it didn't it didn't make sense to me once I started watching it too. I was like, this doesn't look like it was advertised, but okay. If you if you kind of look at it too, because um, I was reading uh, earlier about what the inspiration for Lane was, and uh, one of the first questions uh, the interviewer asked was like, oh, was this inspired by you know Evangelion? And <laughs> yeah, and he even said he's like, no, no, I, I didn't even no. know of Evangelion. I, I didn't even know of evangelion before uh episode four i started running episode four neon what that really popular show that everyone's talking about and it's controversial psychological never heard of it never exact never heard never, of it i have no never idea heard of it. as he was like starting to erase the the mom robot <laughs> out of it. <laughs> like he starts to realize you look at fucking lane you're like you know that kind of looks like shinji right I like wait, get in the wired get in the wired lane <laughs> Get in the fucking wired. Get in the fucking wired. <laughs> Guys, it looks like it looks a lot like Shinji. What do we do? I just give her like one random long piece of hair on one side. 
fucking genius. Hire, yeah, fucking promote this man. I know. When that's when somebody peeked their head. When can we uh, have Lane uh, finger herself on top of a uh, <laughs> unconscious boy? And they're like, let's <laughs> let's save that for the sequel. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's scrap that real quick. All right. We, uh, <laughs> We don't want to get too ambitious. We like our fans. God damn it. Real quick, do you, I think we talked about that uh, with Evangelion. Uh, me and you talked about Evangelion a, a bunch. And one of my favorite things is uh, the the movies are basically the troll the audience. Like, he yeah, wrote them was, to fuck with the audience. Yeah, it was a big fuck you. Like, at the end, uh, everyone was super upset, even though it was like, you know, they were running out of budget and everything. But at the same time, even I think even if they weren't running out of budget, I think they would have ended it the same way, just better looking. And everyone's like fucking upset about it. And they're like, oh, what about this? What about that? Like, you, you owe us a real fucking ending. And he's like, you want a real fucking ending? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you with a fucking slab of bacon and everything. Let's go. And, and that's where jerking off on a corpse. Well, she wasn't a corpse. She was still alive. Still was in a coma. She was in a coma. But like, fair. Was, Yo, that's not as creepy. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it was it was so clever the way he like flipped off the audience because like if if you just look at it from a superficial level, yeah, that's right, and jerking off to a fucking coma body, I can dig that. I've always wanted to fuck Oscar, but then like you start to realize that he's talking about you. He's pointing the finger and he's like, "This is this is what you are, you disgusting." Yeah, exactly. Like, oh God, it's this great. is creepy, and you like it, and I know that. The just like um, what's her name? The the other girl, the girl that's not Oscar Ray. Like that whole character was made to be like, fucking otaku's and needs will fucking love anything. So here's this fucking unknown, no character having ass fucking character, <laughs> no personality. Yeah, anti moe before moe was a thing. Fucking character. I think, I think you described it right. Not Asuka. Like, that's that's the best yeah, way. <laughs> exactly. Who is this? Not Asuka. Not Asuka. Exactly. That's actually a pretty... That's an actually a really apt description now that I think about it. Exactly. It's Cause, just like... Because he definitely made Asuka to be like, Hey, here. This is the one that you're supposed to like. This is the one that's fucking... I'm trying to make you don't... That you don't like her. And you know what? Like, they fucking... Those otaku fucking bit. He fucked up. He put blue hair on it. Like otakus will fuck anything with different color hair. Like uh, that's true. They're so, not above pillows. Like yeah. So uh, one of my favorite things actually about uh, the series is how they. I guess we can kind of go into whatever we want to talk about. This is gonna be like the weirdest freeform one. Uh, my one of my favorite things about the anime is like how they show shadows. Yo, uh, I I do like that. Yeah, like it kind of looks like um, either like dark, like the dark, like a reflect. I kind of think about it like it's a reflection of darkness, uh, in a way. And then uh, the other way I look at it, it's like um, like blood, like blood in the streets. Oh, I see that. Uh, one of my favorite shots is at the very end. I don't know if you noticed, but up until uh in the first episode, uh, Lane's shadow is blue. Like, it has blue spots in it. Huh. And then every episode after that, after she's been, like, quote-unquote, like, tainted by the wire, that's when, like, her shadow starts to become red. Or is red. I, I guess I missed that in the first couple of episodes. No, I didn't even see that. Like, that's why, um, 
if you looked at like the the to be continued, there's letters in to be continued that are red and uh, and blue. And blue. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And then even uh, in the one of the final, I think it's the eleventh, the no, twelfth episode, when uh, her friend uh, goes into the the house, the battling colors that are painted on the wall are red and blue. See, uh, yeah, I did notice that. I'm like, what's funny is I didn't notice the to be continued stuff until like halfway through, and I started realizing shit. Cause it, I, I was wondering about it because you know we we talked about it, how like the intro is fucking annoying with that one edgy dude that's like present day present time ha ha ha, ha. fuck that guy and i was so, like, expecting him to show up somewhere in the anime right but... and I, I i thought so too i was like these guys are using this in an appropriate way they gotta be and so like that one was a bad example because they didn't but like the to be continued was one i noticed and i was like oh, okay they're actually like they're, there's a meaning to this it's subtle it doesn't mean everything but it's there yeah um do do see what else i got weird thing about uh, the characters and I actually did love too was uh her her lane's like bear pajamas yo I thought they were really dope like if I ever have a daughter I want her to have like bear pajamas like that fucking onesie dog and then I I was like oh this is a cool thing and then I go read the wiki and it's like oh no the the bear thing <laughs> is like how he how she hides herself from her her family right. and all this stuff and I was like okay is this not a, oh. a cute thing? All right, whatever. I could see where that, uh, how that's made. Because, I mean, you always feel safe and secure when you're in a onesie. It reminds you of a time when you were a child, even younger. And so, like, I, I can see why why he tried to draw that, that analogy with the onesie and, like, that kind of imagery every time that she put it on. She was trying to be safe and protective and everything, so. Yeah, and then, but, uh. Even points out too, it's like when she first goes to Siberia, she's wearing a a bear hat, so it's kind of like her protecting herself. Right. Which, by the way, do you think he knows that's a country? I I, I don't know how clever that was supposed to be. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's supposed to be that clever, like yeah. Siberia. It's not. It's not that clever actually, but just it's a like, dope. It's a dope. I think it's a dope name for a club. It it is. It's it's really gangster. And if someone doesn't already have it, then you know maybe but, we should. But how, one, but how dope is a club though that allows middle school kids like think about it like there was people in that club doing like weird futuristic drugs well there's like right. kids around and if, if i was wanting to do drugs why i would not want to do it with like children like, children present. present yeah right it's not so fucking weird Real quick, before I forget, I did want to touch on that shadow thing a bit, because like oh, yeah. for me, just just backtrack a little bit. For me, when I saw it, like, and I, I like it was, it's made immediately obvious that like all the shadows have this kind of tinge to it, and to me, it felt very existential, it felt very galaxy-inducing in a sense. Like, and I always got that feeling that like whenever you see those shadows around, like it just it gave kind of this eerie feeling that. Not everything's right, but you're not yeah, sure what's wrong. Like, almost like a sense of dread. Like, right. Like, there's the the scene where uh, the friend figures out that everyone's minds have been like erased, and she look she turns around to see Lane, but the first shot isn't of Lane; it's of the sh- of her shadow walking up, and then right. it, then it pans over to Lane. It's crazy. And then there there is that one time where she literally gets swallowed by that darkness, like she she's in the wired 
and she's talking to God. And then uh, as they're like talking and everything, like he reveals the truth to her and she just like slowly fill, fills her up from like the feet up and it starts to like engulf her. And it's like that dread, that literally existential dread consuming her as she starts to figure out like the makings of the universe. Like, and so yeah. I thought it was clever having that everywhere and then having it consume her. I thought it was, I thought it was well done, especially from like a cinematography view. Like, I thought it was well done. This is like one of the probably one of my favorite like cinema like cinematography style like in an anime because it's a lot of like show don't tell. Oh uh, yeah, aspects of it. I know you touched on it earlier. One of my favorite things is they don't like the show don't tell mentality of it is the uh, the representation of chat rooms uh, in the yeah. Wired, which is like um, the first time you see her in the Wired. There's like that that pair of lips. From the nights that's talking to her, mm-hmm. and then like it, it's totally like I, that's how you see chat rooms. It's just like you don't see a face, like you could maybe see a voice, but th- that's all you can put to it. All you can put is a voice. No, you're just talking to this like mysterious figure in the darkness, right? And like it's it's honestly really like profound. Early the internet was at this time. It 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 really speaks volumes. Um, ahead of its time like because we lane has this like split personality for a moment and in a very like abstract sense, she has her uh internet personality and then she has her tell me not that's exactly what's happened in our society today how many cyber bullies white knights sjw's like all this stuff we have are just internet personalities and yeah. like so Right. All you see are these lips. Like all you see is these texts, these lips. You can't actually put like, even if you have pictures, it doesn't fit there. It's not the person you're talking to. You're talking to their internet persona and Lane very much has an internet persona. It's the point of the show. And so to think that we would become so, so distant, like literally almost like a cognitive dissonance in a society and for the show to predict it like 20 years early, I think that's insane. I think that's incredible foresight from the director. And or maybe just a lucky guess and, and shot in the dark, but I doubt. It. I think he really thought about it. He's like, "This is what's going to happen. The anatomy that we're going to gain, we're going to abuse." Yeah, that's why. That's why I really love like um, when the when, when the dad tells her like, you know, it's just a you know, it's just a program. Like, don't don't let it go to your head. It's nothing more. It's just a. Uh, uh, it's, it's something like, it's a tool for communication. Nothing else. You you understand that, right? And then right. and Lane that, goes like, "No, it's not. It's way more than that." Which is true. It's, it's way more than just uh, communication. A vehicle of communication. It's, it's a good. It's a way into another world. It literally is a way into another world. It is. And I thought that line itself was very cheeky. Oh, sorry, tongue in cheek, I should say, yeah. because he like you don't know this at first, but he knows everything. He knows what's going to happen. He knows exactly what's going to happen when he gives her the computer or whatever like that. And so that really is the director talking to the audience. Like it's one of those moments where contextually after you watch the show, it doesn't really make sense. Why is he warning her? Why is he telling her this isn't what it's for when he knows exactly what she was created for? Yeah, but exactly. He's, he's talking to the audience and not even completely like subtly either. And he's telling you this is just for communicating and everything. And it's up to you to decide whether that's all you use it for and whatnot. But he, He's definitely not actually trying to 
tell Lane something. Yeah, exactly. It's um, um I I I actually how do you feel the one shot uh from Lane that I didn't really get uh is in the last episode and uh it's of uh she sees the dad again after she's like completely inside the wired and the dad's like looking down at her like the dad's looking through an envelope oh the fucking like the the sun and shit like that like he's no even before that before that uh it's like how it's shot is like if there was like a camera inside of an envelope and like he opens the envelope and it's like you're looking through the mouth of the envelope and he's like looking right. down at her through like the clouds and shit right yeah so yeah well i i don't know if it was like how do you feel? Well, how do you inter like interpret that? Well, before that, I, I had a thought I want to say, and I'll, I'll get back on that. Like yeah. in terms of uh, cinematography, I thought they were really clever with uh, budgeting. You can tell a lot of times where they like have still shots or not a lot to go, but they use that to their advantage because yes, it's cheap, like having a still shot and then like maybe one or two things moving instead of like everybody being animated at the same time. Yeah, like Evangelion did the same thing because they were under budget constraints. However works a lot better here because a lot of that you start to realize is this like there are complete times where nothing else is moving except lane for a reason and it's not just because they didn't have they didn't want to you know animate everybody it's because of what's going on in context so i just want to say they were really clever on how like to invoke emotion through still shots at the same time saving money but anyways going back to the dad thing well it's weird because like earlier in the season earlier in the show i should say um she kind of does the same thing there's that one shot that doesn't really make sense where the like naked body fluorescent pops through the clouds and like all the kids are like looking up and shit and she's just like this fucking santa maria symbol like just popping through the fucking clouds so do you you think it's a symbolism to that like it's a i do i i do think it is okay because like her dad is the one that introduced her to this right and like it was his job too and she was made for this, yes, yes, and yes. But he says it at the end. He's like, I actually did care for you. I actually did love you. And so, like, he brings her into this world. She becomes a god. She fulfills the prophecy, in a sense, of her becoming a god. And then she realizes that, like, who gave her this? Because she asked that. She asked that to the god of internet, whatever his name was. Can't yeah. Admit. Um, he's like, if, like, who made you? Like, <laughs> what makes you a god and everything like that? Yeah, it's like you're so, just a stand-in. You're just a stand-in. And so she kind of, I think at that point, she thinks back to herself and realizes who gave her this, who really is the person responsible. And I think it is naive, it's childish, but it's something that she tries to, it's an emotional fact in a sense, rather than an objective one. To her, one who gave her everything was her dad, even if he wasn't real, even if it was, he's the reason that she's the way she is right now. And like, I, I don't know if they portrayed enough to, for that to be like an actual valid opinion, but that's the way I took of it. And so like, as he's like peering through the crowd, the clouds looking at her, she's like realizing like, this is the person, this is my God in a sense. Like, Oh, that's a, that's actually a really uh, neat way. Like, I think I, I also had a weird interpretation to it. Cause like how, how I seen it almost the same way is like, that's the person that, that built her because how I viewed it is that, it was uh, or like opening up like a package or like an envelope. And if you see like the, all the only things that uh, come in the mail uh, in this series are always computer parts 
or it's like little trinkets that are that are coming in and like that's like the dad looking upon his like creation almost i like, like that too her, that, like, yeah use her as like a part like like a, almost like like a microchip or like a cog in the machine but right the actual machine um, nah, yeah, I like that because, like, you saw in the beginning, like, one thing he actually did, was excited about was computer parts and, like, his computer and everything. And so, like, it's a very genuine smile when he opens his envelopes. And so, I could see how opening this envelope of makes Lane, him, yeah, it makes him yeah, happy. Makes him happy. I so. also, I also love his like his six screen setup he had. It was like amazing <laughs> for like the nineties. Right, niggas, niggas didn't dual screen back then, and this guy's got fucking nine. He's fucking rolling like yeah exactly uh what what else do i got so like the really cool uh character design i i actually really loved and it uh flickers on and off i don't know if it was because of animation reasons or they just missed some frames but when the friend goes and like uh confronts lane she looks like dead she looks like a, like a zombie almost like her Wait, so her complexion like her talking com- about Al- Alice is, yeah. looks like that? Or? No, no, no. Uh, when Alice goes to get Lane, when Lane's uh, uh, in the at bed. The, oh, at, at the, the very end. end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Lane's complexion is like pale, like almost like a zombie. Like she looks dead. But then right. uh, as she's talking to like the god, and like, it switches perspectives to the, the god of the internet, uh, like her complexion is normal again. And then when, whenever she goes and talks back to Alice, her complexion changes back to, like, dead. Right. And so, like, I think that it was a clever – I think it was clever. Like, I agree with you. Great how they do that. Like, I don't think it was on accident at all. Because, like, they have to somehow show that um, there's multiple personalities of Lane. And, like, I know, like, from a director's standpoint, they, they talked about this. And, like, they even gave the three Lanes different names when, like, doing yeah. talking to the voice actress and whatnot. And so I think that's just, like, one of those subtle ways to do it because, like, her eyes change, her demeanor changes. Like, like I hate the smug evil lane. Like, that one, ugh. Yeah. Shout out to the to the English voice actress, too. She, like, killed oh, it. Oh, yeah. She did. She did, indeed. Like, I, but, I yeah. really love, like, the – I didn't like, like, smug evil uh, lane, but the voice acting for that character is really, really good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely on point. On onto the whole kind of like death look that she had, yeah. I will say one of the scariest. Like, I don't know. To me, it's just like unsettling. I should say, it's not really scary. One of the most unsettling, and it happens twice, I think, in the show, is when it's talking about the girl that committed suicide by running in front of the train or whatever, mm-hmm. and you, you you see it from like you know the viewer's perspective, and you realize it's not what happened. Watching her face go from like that screaming face underneath of her face yeah i'm talking about fucking a that shit's chilling like and it and it shows that like face like twice in the show where like it's that uh faded version of her underneath and it's like screaming but she can't do anything oh my god man that shit fucking gave me chills Ooh, one of my the one weird shot that gave me uh that also gave me chills that shows uh shows only at once is the laser sight on the top of the dude's mouth as he's about to shoot Yo, that I don't know who thought about that idea, but like even like when you see the laser sight uh, through the fog in the, in Siberia, like, that's a genius, 
like a gen- I think that's a really genius like a uh, uh, art choice to put that laser sight on there. Oh yeah, because you didn't have to. You didn't have to. You, yeah. you could have easily just regular pistol. Like how many people actually got an expensive, but they did it and it worked. It worked wonderfully. Yeah, and like I said, it's just this to see that that really dope scene of the 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 laser sight up on the top of his roof and then just you don't see him blow his own head off but the, that's insinuation and then you see just the blood splatter on lane it it's in, it's intense it, she's unfazed but it, yeah i always fucking intense so i didn't like the explanation personally the one of the things that i found like kind of writing themselves out of a hole i didn't like the whole explanation of oh no the knights were rewriting everybody's memory like that's why uh she doesn't remember being ever in Siberia. See, and yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Talking to that little kid, right? Talks yeah. with the knights and the one she ends up kissing and shit. But yeah, and she like figures it out that like the reason she doesn't remember being there is because she never was there. They just projected her being there. And so like, I mean, I don't know if that's what they intended because like that lane was very much a wired lane. It yeah. acted like the wired lane. You didn't know who she was yet. And you're like, that's not Lane. And so, but once you get into it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. But then she's like, no, that wasn't me. That was just you guys. And it's just a weird coincidence that they just knew that Lane was going to act like this. She wasn't even in the wire yet. So yeah. it, was, it was strange. But they do, they do talk about like how uh, the news report where it's like um, the white knights or whatever are in here. The knights, not the white knights. The white knights, yeah. The knights are in here. Uh, and this this broadcast may be affected. You might be seeing this tomorrow. You might be seeing this today. You might be seeing this yesterday. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a, a really trippy idea. How would you see something broadcasting day before? Exactly. It's so it so. That, I think that's when it starts. Especially uh, then, uh, they toy with that idea of like uh, all human consciousnesses are connected with each other. Um, I think it's episode ten or eleven where where it starts talking about like Roswell and like in that uh, idea that idea that all consciousness are connected, and once uh the human race's population hits that of like those many synapses in the brain, like the world's brain will wake up. That that shit was fucking okay. First of all, speaking of Roswell, the absolute creepiest scene of this show with the alien. I was just creeping all on the door. Oh my fucking god, dude! Yo, I I was like, what the fuck? I did okay. How do you interpret that? So like they had that uh before that episode talked about like the that a ghost story about the girl who's red and white and just kind of watches you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like I the way I interpret it is just like I think it was the knights presenting themselves as like we're always watching even in the real world kind of. That's what I thought it was. So then, so, so then, when she goes to Alice's room, she like has the alien's body. It's the alien's body on Lane or with Lane's head, right? And I think she's using that because like it happened to her, and she's like, "Fucking hey, they're fucking watching me." Which, dude, like when like you see the silhouette, and then like usually the silhouette is the scarier part, and then you see what it is, and you're like, "Okay, that's that's bad," because like you know the the unknown is more fearful than known. Yeah, but like. It, they do it so well that like after you you're still like, what the fuck and so i think she uses that because she knows that's kind of like a already accepts it and so when she puts her she puts her face on the alien she's just adding her to it 
that that scene i so one of my favorite uh like dope parts about this anime is like you don't know what's happening in the wired and what's happening in real life right so what i personally how i felt like that alien that that part of the alien or the first part of the alien i don't really understand that part of the alien i feel it was lane communicating through the wired to uh to alice like she wasn't physically there like she was using uh this like unknown like like if i messaged you through uh like another account and i was like oh no it's me so like you could put a face yeah so you could put a face to it but the body is unknown. Yeah, that that makes sense. It does, but it was it's creepy nonetheless. I think that that's the well, the other thing that um I kind of do like, kind of don't like. It skirts of like what's reality, what's not, what's like a dream, what like what's actually happening. It it plays with the idea of is this really re- reality that you're in? Well, yeah, and like I think my favorite iteration of that they were. About it is if no one remembers it did it actually happen and i mean from a philosophical standpoint that's a great question like you know the the old one being if a tree falls and no one hears does it uh, make a sound does it make a sound and so like that's that's not as you know that, that well that essentially is in essence what they're asking if no one remembers it did it ever actually happen and to some point you can say no it never actually did because there is no proof of it i mean you have to do more than just memory like there's no physical proof of something happening not just memory nothing there's nothing left of it happening did it actually happen and you can almost argue like well did it actually happen and then that goes into the reality thing like if you feel and hear and taste and everything in this in the wired and everything if you feel that this is real then what's stopping it from being reality and Yo. so and it's it, it shows wonderfully how damaging that mentality can be how the very first uh episode they talk about the chick that killed herself chisa and the reason she kills herself is not because she's depressed it's not because she uh is sad or anything like that or in pain she just says that there's a reality that actually has a god i'm just gonna go live in there instead exactly i don't she she comes to the realization that our body, like you said, our bodies are just vessels. What exactly. what really exists is is the wire. The wire is is hev- essentially is heaven. That's where your the soul goes. That's where the soul really lives. And uh, that, that's like the main point of like I said, like every. Do I want to live in an unknown universe where my body is just a a vessel or do I live somewhere that I know everything about I'm very familiar with and I know there's a god there yeah. what can be considered a god and so it's like well fuck I might as well just go there if that's where I'm gonna be and so it's so tempting because this happens in real life you see this with kids these days that like have a really hard time separating like necessarily reality from fiction it is reality from fiction be reality. I, I feel you like and fiction from fiction as well but like they want the internet to be their reality they will dive their life into this virtual world and so like to the point where like they don't care about the real world they don't want the real world the only reason they're in the real world is to get into the internet exactly one of my uh one of my favorite moments talking about like uh life and death and your body's a vessel is when the guy in siberia uh shows back up in like one of the last episodes, the guy that yeah. kills himself, and he's like, "You're, he's all, you're dying's not too bad, right, Lane?" He's all just, he's all just pointing up at your mouth. 
He's uh, he's, he's, use both, yeah, he's like, use both hands. He's like, because uh, it's a really heavy gun. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just do it. He's like, just do it. He's like, why, 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 why are you afraid? It's like, you're, you live, you're going to be in the wired for the rest of your life. You're, you're God. Just kill, kill your, your body. Like, I just, <laughs> it just, I love that idea. Like, I still think, like, um, to that point, that was, like, the God or the Knights trying to get her to, like, kill herself. Like, trying, like, trying to fool her to killing herself. Like, even I don't think that they knew she was God. Like, they knew she was important, and she probably needed to get, somebody needed to get rid of her. But, yeah, at that point, I don't know, I just, I love, I just love that, the nonchalant, like, oh, you know, girls aren't that strong, so, use, uh, both hands, and, uh. And just, just fucking do it. Billy Mays here. Yeah. Kill yourself. Which, you know what, that, that actually is very interesting, because, like, statistically, um, Women perform more suicide attempts than men do, but men but are success, uh, yeah, more, more successful. successful. And the reason why is because they use more like uh, immediate forms of suicide rather than taking pills or something like that. A lot of male suicides are because of firearms. And so like that, that right there, just that's exactly what it is. Like this guy offering a firearm and then talking about the gender of her and the reason why she should use this. It's, it's just interesting. Like, I don't yeah, know if that was. That, I like, don't. Yeah, I don't know if that was intentional too. But that that's actually a really cool way to look at it. Yeah, and so I don't know. And I do like the the questions that they ask are, are because like the, the internet god is like, if I control time and space and everything here, what do you call that? And it's like, would be a god. And then she's like, well, you're not a god until you have believers or whatever. Which like that that that's like a Greek thought. The Greek mythology. Um, the way that gods gained power is by having believers. And so, like, it's why Hades was so pissed off because no one wants to, like, praise the god of the underworld. Everyone fucking fears death. And he feel like he got shorted out of it, so he wasn't that strong, right? And so she gets into this where it's like, how powerful is belief? Because you're not actually a god, even if you're omniscient and omnipotent, if no one believes in you. And so you start getting into that validation almost, like... I also love the idea of, like, how petty Lane is. She's like, well, I killed all your followers, so are you even a god? Like, are you even a god anymore? Are you even a god? And then he hits her with, like, well, you know I exist, and you still believe in me, therefore, you know, I'm still a god. Which is another reason for her to kill herself. Like, I thought that that was the whole point of uh, of that scene. It was like, well, if you really want to get rid of me, you're going to have to kill yourself. That's the only way. Are you battered or what? Speaking of killing though, the the knights were fucking savage because there's that one dude, um, just walking around with like the fucking VR headset and shit. Yeah, that was and, weird. Like, that was weird. And he's like, oh, like they figured out that this guy was like, you know, he's obviously contacted and all this other shit, and they just killed him. They just fucking killed his ass. So <laughs> like, now you're you're fucking. The the only uh, night death that got me kind of sad was the mom. Oh, the kids, kids trying to wake her up. No, yeah, I'm glad they didn't show that part. But he's like, "Mom, it's your turn, Mom," and she's just like face down, like dead. How how did they get her without the without the son noticing? See, and like I would have accepted that somehow uh, Lane killed them all through the wired because like the whole point of it is like the 
the barrier is is merging like it's the the line between the two are starting to fade yeah. exactly it's blurring i would have accepted that except for they show hit the two guys killing fucking the first one like immediately yeah, like, whatever whatever the organization of the men in black are are looks yeah. like they're killing these people right and so you gotta wonder it's like they must have been hella sneaky with fucking her like or like there was that one dude who was uh who was laying in a in like in a ha- not a hammock but laying like in a in a chair by poolside or like beachside and that guy died like how right how they roll up on him uh, yeah it was it, it it was neat do you so do you think Lane's room was actually like that oh, or was that like... a projection. You know what? It's hard because like the the symbolism is obvious, it's very obvious that it's like this is as she more enthralled and entangled wire, and so like it starts with the computer and then it starts adding on until like her entire cyberpunk's wet dream, and so I, the the symbolism is obvious. But you're right, that's a good question. Like, is this all real or is it just projection? And I'd say it's real. Just because it seems to have physical consequences between like the water cooling uh, on the floor and shit like that, and then having her uh, her friend, that little kid, come over and everything. And I think that's it. what that's what like, nailed it for me. I think I think it is real. Whether like what I don't understand is like whether she made it or she just fucking they show like much of like how much time passed. But like it's like hey, I got you a computer. Oh, I seen you did some decorating. Like, where the fuck is she ordering these parts from? Newegg doesn't do that kind of shit. Like, <laughs> yo, she just yo, fucking what? got this giant fucking water cool generator to like, process all this shit. What company in and, like ninety eight? Like, I get was why the parents this. were cool with it in a sense, but you know, like it was, it was a little off putting. Yeah, I, I like. Um, he goes. Uh, the the kids looking at. Uh, he's looking at all the stuff. He goes, "Oh, he's like, what kind of coolant are you using?" And he goes, "Oh, is that is that liquid metal?" I think it's just something like that. Right. I was like, Jesus. And my, one of my favorite details about her room is like the water on the floor. Too. That's the only reason why I said I don't think this thing exists. Because she she li- or sleeps on the first floor or on the second floor uh, of the house. And you would think uh, water would leak through the, the ceiling. It probably does. I mean, like, if they... If the parents were normal parents, a lot of this wouldn't have made sense. So, like, I get why a lot of things got a pass because the parents were, like, their part of the plan. But, like, yeah, it's like, nigga, who the fuck is paying bills for you to leak on my goddamn ceiling? Like, imagine the energy. Uh, oh, my God. The energy bill? That, yeah. The fuck? This was before, like, solar panels got big and all this other shit. Yeah, right. Bill. Do you have uh, do you have any other things you want to touch on before we enter our wrap up? Uh, I mean, like honestly, like it's just for such a short series, it, there's just so much complexity behind it. There's a lot of and there's it, a lot of meat on the bones. I feel like we can definitely. talk about symbolism of a lot of things in this anime. Like, uh, one of my uh, sorry for interrupting, but one of my favorite parts was like. Lane choking herself. Oh my choking god! Her, the fake one, and uh, after you see like the, the despicable version of her, the the evil Lane, like laughing at her, like laughing that uh, 
She's like, yeah, I told everybody that you have a crush on uh, on this teacher and, you know, touch yourself at night to him. <laughs> like, all those scenes, I feel like that's like a chat like chat room. Like, right. like, physically, you're not there, but you are there through the screen. And that scene, that scene's very powerful because, like, I mean, towards the end, she's all laughing. He's like, look, I'm committing suicide. That one Once is, again, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Once again, going towards that, it's like you're killing yourself in a sense. And sometimes you literally are just laughing about the decisions you're making that ruin yourself. But the part that struck with me is when she's like, you know, trying to kill her and everything. She's like, why are you everything that I hate about myself? And that's that's profound. Like what comes out on the Internet, that persona is sometimes everything you hate about yourself. And even though you don't want it to be, even though you try to kill it, like we've seen that the anatomy from the internet brings out the worst in people. Even if it's, even if they think it's the worst of themselves too. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations. You just explained the, uh, the plot of persona four, uh, down, <laughs> down to the T that's essentially what persona four is. It's about even the, even the worst parts of you are still you. Right. Cause like, that's what Lane was like. No, this person is evil. It's not me. But you know, as soon as you, it's like, uh, what's that sense? It's like, uh, like when a drunk, when a person gets really drunk, like that's their real personality without any filter. A regular night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, no, but, right? Like, yeah, no filter essentially. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no social filter, anything like that. And it goes with the whole Japanese, uh, saying where like everybody has three masks when they show, the, the audience, the regular people, the one they show backstage, and it's just like your closest friends, and then the one you show, and these are the three faces of you. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying with the whole, like, inebriation, no filter, like. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. uh, just like the, the existential crisis Lane has. Uh, when she goes to the uh, the school, that's also when I, oh, there's a lot of really dope shots. So this was the one where she goes to school and like her desk missing and like everybody's ignoring her. Right. And she's like, why is this happening to me? She's like, I spent my whole life like trying not to rock the boat. Like what mistake did I make to me to get for me for this to happen to me? For you to get forgotten in a sense. Like, yeah, it's it's almost like you play it too low. You play it too cool. And you're not going to stand out. Exactly. And so when you get forgotten, no one notices. So how how do you feel about the, the happy ending of Lane? You know, uh, I, I was really bad. Conflict- I was kind of conflicted, honestly. I wanted it yeah. to start going like batshit crazy before. Yeah, it was weird. Like her, you know, the, the classic uh, disobeying of the god. And her, like, dismantling his entire logic. And everything. and then he turns into fucking Tetsuo from Akira, and she just smothers him with fucking robot parts, and that's it. That's, like, the fucking only fight scene. I'm like, all right, whatever. This isn't, like, a fucking fight anime, but yeah, it's like that a was battle anime. hilarious. Yeah. But, like, I thought that whole part was fine. But as it starts getting into, like, uh, of me from everybody and, like, prevent any of this from happening, which makes her into this isolated god essentially yeah i i also so about the ending i really love that they're like you're not you're not gonna invite her are you 
Yeah, and, and which so is, like, and then it's that, like that part was uh, fine, but then like it, if it ended on that note, it would have been fine. But then they tried to uplift it. They tried to bring it up. They tried. They bring her to go see fucking uh, Alice, like you know, fucking however many years later. I actually really love that scene. Her that seems really strong because like now, because like that that voice in her head, like her almost like her god voice or her coming to terms with her godhood, is like saying, you know, you don't have to be alone. Like you could, like everything. Like time is not linear. You can be anywhere at any time. And right. she's like, yeah, and that's why she's like, she can go see her friend, and like be happy while being this like watchdog, uh, type of god for the rest of her life. And and that's that that too is like that kind of message that the director's trying to give to the audience, kind of thing. It's like you don't. An omniscient, omnipotent God that interferes in metals kind of leaves shit up. I mean, like it's it's even in the fucking testament and whatnot. And so, like, to have her recognize that she's just going to be this guardian from the st- some of the sidelines, I guess it, it kind of falls in line with that kind of Christianity thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to to be the observer, the great observer. Exactly, the great observer. So I know I, I stopped your final thoughts from earlier, but do you have any final thoughts you want to say about this anime? Um, no, I mean, like, like we said numerous times, like we could probably take up an entire day just talking about this short little anime and still wouldn't be enough because there's so much to process. Well, I but... feel like we can go episode by episode and just talk about oh, definitely how we feel De- about every episode that we watch. Definitely. But no, I don't think I have much more to say, honestly. Yeah, this is a this is an anime. It took a, a little bit to grow on me. I think after episode six, I started really like digging it, and I don't know if it's because it got more like understandable, or like I read that article and then just started uh, like comparing it to like real life or to now, and it just started making more sense. To me, that like I I always refer to that as like the Dark Souls enjoyment. Because, like, if you've ever played Dark Souls just fresh, without anybody's influence or anything like that, you're going to die, you suck at it, and you don't actually understand what the fuck's going on. You hate this shit. And that's what happened to me when I first started watching this show. I was like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on, and honestly, I'm enjoying it. But, like, there's that certain unexplainable point where you kind of just, you know, in Dark Souls, you get good. And in this, it starts to click. Yeah, like, Like, you just start understanding. Like, You just start understanding, totally. And, like, it's not told to you you just understand it and you're like i fucking get it now and i appreciate that more now i understand now more about the earlier episodes that i didn't really like because of where i'm at now yeah i started like rewatch rewatched episode one and i was like okay this makes a lot more sense now that i think i rewatch like a rewatch is probably uh man like mandatory i i do think kind of going in blind is like it's fun but then once you have some context for the whole series and going back and watching it, it it gives you a deeper appreciation for it, which is, like, very rare in anime, I feel. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, like, it's – I was saying that it's such a risky move to treat everyone like an adult when in terms of, like, media because there's going to be people who are off-put by that. There's going to be people who just don't waddle through the fucking bog to see the other side. 
and it's going to turn them off and it's not going to come back to and be like, oh, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was explaining enough and I felt confused and scared and I didn't like it. And so, but the payoff is so much greater and that's what is great about this. And I agree the it rewatching it is a mandatory thing. Like you have to go in blind first because that's how you're supposed to watch it. And then rewatching it gives you that deeper appreciation. I think that, uh, in a greater sense, in a weird greater sense, that's what makes Haruhi Suzumiya like stronger. I think Haruhi hits almost the same notes as Lane does in a weird way, but in a more casual sense and still as deep. Oh, I totally agree. I, I was literally thinking as I was saying that last sentence because, like, as everyone knows knows anything about Haruhi, there's two different ways to watch it as like, as it chronologically, and because you watch it those two different ways you have two different perspectives. The whole uh, Endless 8, <clears throat> I watched the whole Endless 8 and like actually watched each episode hoping that something new would happen every single time. And I know there's some people who said that they just skipped it once they realized it was the same thing. But like, you need that perspective to understand why... That's the point. Like That's the point, yeah. And so, I think it's the same thing. Like, you need to have that blind perspective to understand it. Yeah, on your second one through... Of Haruhi, you don't gotta watch the Endless Eight again. That's totally fine. It's a difference. You already experienced it. Yeah, you initially. get the point. Like the whole point of the Endless Eight is that you you might think it's annoying that you're watching this eight times, but Yuki's experienced it like thirty thousand times. Like that's the that's the point. Right. So it's exactly. about variations in time. Could it have been done better? Yeah. I don't think you needed. Uh, eight episodes of the same thing um i think when i when i first watched it uh with a friend i was like okay let's watch the first three episodes of the endless eight and then the last episode and you essentially get uh the whole thing because it, it all it is is uh eventually i think it's like an episode three uh that's when kiln starts being like oh i i need to what was it i needed to remember and then like he just starts remembering little by little until the last episode but yeah, it's it, it's really fun. Actually, t- like touching on uh, you saying like uh, like the, the Dark Souls mentality of uh, like show don't tell or you know once you dig deeper into it, that's when the real story comes out. Yeah, I I, I mean I like that idea, but I kind of disagree on on that. The example I love to use is um, shows that on the surface level. Uh, don't seem too deep but once you start like breaking the surface like once you start deep diving into it then that's when it starts getting crazy like um like breaking bad right uh a classic example one of the best written shows of all time um there's like a whole thing about colors in that in that show that's never right. explained like doesn't but it doesn't have to be right yeah it doesn't have to be but because so if if Lane, right, if you can't break down what Lane's about, you're not going to enjoy it. With a show like Breaking Bad, the surface level is really it's really good enough for you to be like if you never even sniff the what's the going on uh like behind the scenes, it's you can have a good time. But once you figure out that there's more than what's being shown to you or more than what's being said, that's when it like becomes a great show. That's when it becomes even better. Like those layers, the layers and layers on um, something that's like really well written. 
Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. And like it, that's where I think most people stop the comparisons between Evangelion and this show. Evangelion on the surface is a mech fucking anime. If all you do is watch it for the mech fights, that's, it's not that bad, actually. Like, you can do that. But, like, you start – it's much more obvious than, like, Breaking Bad, but there's obviously something that's deeper and, like, layers you have to peel back and understand. But, again, I agree. Those are the better ones where there's different layers and you can enjoy the superficial one without having to think about it too much. But you enjoy it so much more the deeper you go. Yeah. Which is – Interesting for Lane because they didn't call themselves episodes at, at the beginning of layers. each one. It, it's yeah. own layers. Yeah, the different layers and like they'd all be you know one word things you know weird girls psyche religion stuff like that and um, it, it's interesting because I don't think they actually utilize that good enough because like to me a layer is something that conceals what's below it mm-hmm. even if even if like only just a little bit even if it's like an opaque layer or something like that but. For this, it, it really did feel like episodes instead of layers, because you didn't peel back that much each time. Like it wasn't and, even like peeling back; it was just like the fur. How I seen it was like the the when you go down a depth of a layer, it starts getting more complex. That right. that's how I how I felt it. It wasn't about explaining explaining the layer that you're on. It was like the more that you dig, like the more that you dig into a conspiracy, which is kind of what the episode 10 about roswell is like the more that you dig into a conspiracy the more that you dig into like the dark web the more like the more you get in over your head essentially right that i will say though that is like some crazy conspiracy though like the way it was like so let me tell you about fucking roswell you think you know roswell right uh, and it's like no, no no let me tell you about all the people involved and then what happened afterwards what they invented and like suicide and all this other and like i don't know and then yeah the the one thing that i thought it was weird i don't know what the thought process was it was the half episode where it like recounts everything that kind of happened up until that point but it's not even chronologically and it's all with like a fucking guitar backdrop like i love that you're like the whole thing is like uh, i think you said it in the beginning that episode brings a lot of context to the series like before it like yeah it probably was a cost-cutting measure like oh let's let's do half an episode of recap right and um but with this new context of like the adventure that you've been on this far it like changes the context of like what you've seen which is actually yeah. a pretty genius idea to do it like i had to even though it was a, uh, like I said, it was a, uh, like a recap, that first half was recap, I really enjoyed watching this new, with this new experience, or having new experiences to like, right. rewatch it. Yeah, so, it, it definitely did add to it. Like, it was one of the better ways to do recap, instead of, like, the fucking shonen method, where it's, like, the beginning of every episode, recap of the last kind of thing. So uh, you you didn't probably uh, listen to the uh, didn't listen to this podcast, but there's a anime we did that's one of the like we just did the uh, our uh, year one collection list, and it was the second worst anime we've watched uh, in this whole podcast. But it's called Speed Graphers, and one of the things they do for a recap episode is one of the most genius things I've seen, because the the main villains are like a giant corporation. 
and the uh the bad guy and then the good guys are like uh destroying things in every episode so mm. what the recap episode is it's the accountant going through all the damage they've caused and like compiling uh at the end how much damage they've done that nice. that he's trying to read like he's trying to cook the books to to hide uh how much uh was actually destroyed right and that's like a that was like a beautiful way to do or not a beautiful way, but a really smart way to do a recap episode but this recap episode, like i said it gives context like it almost doesn't even feel like yeah you're seeing new things or you're seeing old things but like i said now you have a new like lens on it all and i will say it's definitely much more necessary if you think about it as a week show like yeah. if you just power through it it's actually not that like uh, it still has its impact but like if you think about it as like a week-to-week basis and then you get here you're like you know what that did happen in the first fucking episode and so it it definitely does add more impact if you do are if you are watching it week to week and this this anime was it's impeccably paced even though i had no idea most times what was going on i never felt like i was watching an episode like for too long yeah it is it is well paced even though it's slow paced yeah it's so weird i I don't even understand how like i i'd pause it to be like okay it, it has to have been only like five minutes and it was like 15 minutes in with five minutes left i was like that's so weird yeah it, it really is like you don't tr- you don't have to bought like trudge through this so uh going to the wrap-up uh accessibility i actually don't think this is ex- uh is uh accessible to most people like you, you have yeah. to be really open like we talked about like all these uh metaphors and stuff of uh, what visually they're trying to show us uh, yeah, it's not for everybody, I feel. Right, and, like, I don't, I don't think that, like, I think this is the impression people get, is that people say that from high horse. When yeah, I say it's not, horse, yeah. Yeah, I don't, when I say it's not for everybody, that not everyone will understand it or get it or anything, I'm not saying in a pretentious matter that I understand it and you won't. It's simply that, like, if you don't like thinking about these levels of rhetoric and existentialism then you're just not gonna like it. it's just as simple as that that doesn't make you any less of a watcher or an entertainment consumer or anything but nor does it make me any more of one. it's just a simple preference like do you like this kind of stuff or not i say i'm smart and you're dumb that's what i say <laughs> that's what you say that's how it goes <laughs> basically if you don't understand this anime you're dumb sorry pretty much that's it. Fucking that's facts right there. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. If you just want to anime to turn your mind off and you know watch watch Deku cry and punch somebody, you know this isn't this isn't for you. Drink some bone hurting juice. Exactly. And then uh, you can get the dub and the sub on uh, Funimation. I think by now uh, Funimation's starting to put stuff on Hulu. So pretty soon uh, it'll be on Hulu. So uh, check it out. Uh, the dub is really was really, really good. Uh, me personally, uh, I find dubs easier to understand than uh, subs, especially in weird anime like this. Like you want to you wanna focus on the words that are being said instead of like trying to read as fast as you can. Um, right, because there's so many like visual nuances almost that you can't be double focusing on reading while trying to see the screen. Yeah, like, I feel like you would you would 
I mean, unless you're a really big avid anime watcher fan, even then, like you're still watching subtitles. You're not seeing everything that's happening uh, at once. And with that dub, it makes it a lot easier to actually scan uh, the screen and what's going on. And there's a yeah. lot going on in, in spots. Oh, yeah. Uh, rewatchability, we both hinted at it. it this is a, almost a high uh, rewatchability. Just, oh, yeah, definitely. Just to at see what more. you missed. Yeah, at least one more time. Just to see what you missed. Different context uh, to what the whole series is, I feel. And see, like, most times when people talk about rewatchability, it's like they're talking about, like, The Office, right? Like, how many times can you sit down and watch this over again? Like, crack a cold one, sit down and watch this. This isn't that kind of rewatchability, I think. Like, you're not rewatching this because it's entertainment, because you can just relax to it. You're rewatching it to gain more from it. Yeah, like, more knowledge. Like, what what can I interpret differently this during this, uh, this you know, I was going to say playthrough, this watch-through. <laughs> Right. Like, it's a little pretentious to watch it that way, but I think that's what that's what you need. Like you need a little you need to be a little bit pretentious to uh enjoy this anime. Just a little bit, not a lot. Just a little bit. Yeah. You, you, you gotta you gotta sniff your farts once in a while. Oh. Uh-huh. Got some chilly ones. So uh what's something you would have done differently in this anime? I think I would have done differently. I, I can go first if you want. If you, if you want to think, yeah, yeah, go first. Let's, let's see what you got. Yeah, so I would have see. I'm more of a I'm, a I'm a character guy. I really want strong characters. I feel that Lane is more of a. It's more of a thematic study than a character study. That's true. So, at the same time, if I say like, oh, uh, I want there to be more. Uh, more character development that's not right to say that's like saying like uh oh i watched this uh shoujo anime uh where are the fight scenes where are all the fights right, at right. like it, it like it doesn't really apply but I, I would like to have had um at least a more personable character besides alice i feel like alice is the most like relatable character uh, beside of like Lane's existential crisis, not everybody's had an existential crisis, but pe- sure. a lot of people have had like rumors said about him and care what other people think uh, about him, like all this stuff. Like she's super relatable. Um, but I, I would have liked to see more, more characters, more likable characters. Uh, definitely the likable part. I mean, like we talked about this before, where we're like the point that no one's likable. Like if that fine or am i just not finding it so i i can agree on that like having it but i I, again it is kind of the point like there's a reason why everyone's so off-putting and distraught it is an existential anime so i understand that however for me personally now thinking about it what i would have done differently would have liked to seen differently and i don't know if this would have needed more screen time more better writing in a sense or just more episodes like to me it's not character development it's interpersonal relationship development So, yeah. like, Alice is supposed to be her one and only true friend. That's kind of how, like, how that plays out to the end. I just don't get that feeling. And I get it. Some people, they totally are that kind of person that, like, after one or two interactions, you totally feel ride or die. But I don't feel that way. And I don't feel like a lot of people feel that way. I feel that's a, that's a minority in terms of relationships. And so, like, I would have loved to see more reasons of why alice is so close to lane like why she's so important to lane exactly and so like because that that gives gravity 
death. Like when you see those kinds of things, like you, you see Gurren Lagan or have you? Yeah. Um, you see like the relationship between Kamina and fucking um, what's his Simon. name? And Simon. Simon. And you see the relationship, and like it, it's a little weird at first. You kind of tell it's like a brotherly relationship, but you get a bunch of episodes of them just talking, interacting, pushing through, and everything. And so, like when he dies, you don't just lose a character; you literally feel like you lost a brother. Like you feel that, like Spo- episode... spoilers for Gurren by the way. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're doing that, yourself a disservice. That's another one I, I actually really want to do with you too, or. I oh, want to do in the fe- no. I want to do in the future with somebody this year for sure. I'm gonna hit uh, Gurren, the the trigger anime that kind of started it all. Essentially, I will be down for any and every trigger anime. You don't <laughs> you don't even gotta ask. I'll be right there whether you want. No, we we were, we were talking about today the 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 genius that is uh, Darling in the Franks, the the genius anime. I feel. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now I can. Okay. 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 What are you saying though? Oh yeah, I said like earlier today we were talking about like you no, know, the the genius that is uh, Darling in the Franks. The, oh yeah, the misunderstood genius. Yeah, and just Trigger overall is just a, one of those weird, amazing studios that always sends. It's amazing, but always lets you down in in some sort of, sort of fashion. Right, and like part of me's gone to the point where like, am I expecting different? Like, it's not my show. I didn't make it. Yeah, like I. How entitled am I as a of what I want to happen? Especially like because people want cliches to happen. They actually do enjoy cliches, no matter how much people bitch and call them cliches. They want these kind of endings. And so, like, I think of myself: Am I a bad critic and consumer, not enjoying the ending that they gave me? And other times, I can go fuck yourself. Aliens weren't ever part of the plot, so you know what? You know what's going to be a fun idea, and I've been kicking around is uh, a cherry bomb coliseum on the idea of how we would do battling ideas of uh the franks ending how we would have handled it yeah and like um i think that'd be a great topic i'm the manga mm-hmm. finishes with it because i know it's already started to deviate or been deviating so i'm interested in that and then like yeah i think that'd be a great talking point and right. like to me what i like about trigger is like i think the three uh, main trigger ones that I like because they hit this triangle development is you have Gurren Lagan, where it's like coming of age story as boy, as a male figure. How do you do that? And then you have uh, Kill a Kill, which is almost the exact same thing, except With the opposite. female perspective. Yeah, the yeah. Fe- which is female a cool idea, which is a really good idea. And then you have Darling in the Franks. How do you come of age in a relationship? Like, I never really considered it that. I guess that it, that is true. Like, how do you how do you mature, like sexually and like sexually, romance? Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And like, you have all these kids, and, and you know that, that's for another time and everything. But that's that's that triangle is how I see uh, Trigger trying to you know help the world in a sense. It's like it's telling you these stories on how on these coming of age stories, very specific audience, like. And then, um, oh, then I guess you can also stretch it to, uh, I got a shoehorn little witch in here somehow. We're talking oh, about trigger, and uh, yeah, and little witch is just about coming up and believing in yourself. Yeah, that's as, a as hokey as it is. Yeah. I. I anyways. I, yeah. Anyways, more things I would do different would be interpersonal <laughs> relationships because I think that adds gravity to everything a character does. 
Yeah. Not so much whether or not the character acted and etc. It's whether or not to me, how important are the relationships that affect them? So Okay. So we we've come to my favorite part of the podcast, which is the writing. And I don't know if you remember what our rating system is, but we have like from from the way I, I hear I hear us talking about it, I don't think both of us are gonna not recommend this to anybody. Right? So it's only recommending up. I feel it's like so the the good side is like recommend uh, a niche recommend, which are both can be both good or bad. A uh, what was that soft like a soft recommend? Uh, it was soft recommend, recommend, niche recommend, strong recommend, and then like go watch it. Like that's like Let's the go perfect watch it right now. Yeah. See, to me, I'd say it's a strong niche recommendation. Like I recommend this strongly, but cautiously. Like yeah, I, would, I know in our personal friend circle. Who I would recommend this to and who I wouldn't. No, oh, yeah. And so the people I do, it's a strong recommendation, but I very much recognize it as a niche recommendation. Like, like a, the only reason I'm telling you this is because I know you enjoy this stuff. All right, now now that we've like disc, I guess we could say disconnected from the wired and all this. <laughs> how'd you how how'd you enjoy your first podcast? How'd you how'd you dig it? Oh, that was great. That was a lot of fun. I felt like the conversation was flowing. I mean, barring the couple of times we couldn't hear each other. Oh yeah, that was fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun uh, editing this uh, a little bit later, because there's a lot of times you were cutting out, so I was like, "Fuck!" But you were on a roll, so I didn't want to be like, "Oh, can you repeat that?" So hopefully it'll be fine. If you want to hear uh, more of our conversations about anime, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Give us a like, uh, rate us five stars. Do what you got to do. Subscribe on uh, YouTube. Where uh, I'm still putting out Danganronpa, so come out and check it out. It's a great game, uh, great writing. Uh, from what I from what I hear, uh, Jay is gonna be coming back next week. So, and uh, from the two podcasts ago, we've hinted that we're doing One Piece uh, again, and it's I think one episode one thirty to one thirty six. Which I, I really wanted to get this podcast done so I can start watching it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I have uh, six days to watch thirty six episodes of anime, so Jesus fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna cop on that grind as soon as I'm off of here. Yeah, seriously. But until next time, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>